Charlotte. It's Shelby. It's Riley. And it's time to smut up and listen. Today's book is The Never King by Nikki St. Crow. The trigger warnings for today's book, mental illness, smoking, graphic and rough sex, sex in public, group sex, Dubcon, graphic violence, graphic language, captive slash captivity, degradation, submission, bondage, spanking, blood play, choking, CNC, and talk of sexual assault. Just a reminder for today's episode and all future episodes, our opinions are subjective. We don't advocate for shaming, author shaming, or any other forms of negativity. This is all in good smutty fun. Enjoy! Okay, I'm going to start us out. Our female main character is Winnie Darling, daughter of a prostitute. Winnie is bored and dead inside, her words. And the only thing she has looking forward to is being kidnapped by a myth on her birthday. Okay. (laughs) It is her 18th birthday, and every Darling woman that has come before her has disappeared on their 18th birthday. Now, it can be for a day, it can be for a week, it could be for a month, but... All that matters is they return broken and their sanity is not intact. And it, does it like go into it? Mm-hmm. You find so out why. why. Yeah. Okay. She gets home and her mom is frantic thinking that Winnie had already been kidnapped. She starts muttering to herself and tells Winnie it's time to get locked up so he can't take her. The best way to describe her mom and what other people describe her mom as is having schizophrenia. But who would take her, you ask? Well, his name is Peter Pan. <laughs> Peter Pan. Her mom puts her in this special room. This special room, with quotes, special room, is a work of art fueled by terror. You can read the frenzy and the rough brush strokes that adorn the wall, runic symbols painted like graffiti with more etched into the casing around the door. There has been a parade of so-called witches and shamans and voodoo priests that have come into our lives and through our houses, selling my mom the secrets of protection from him. What the hell? Mm-hmm. I just see like a manic, like schizophrenic room with like yeah, it all over. Like, and they're fine. they're in like this old, uh, rundown Victorian house too. Like that's where they live because she can't afford anything else. Yeah, yeah. Her mom and her are locked in the room waiting for night to come. So she decides to try to get some questions out of her. Like, if, does she remember him? Does she remember the place that he took her to? Her mom remembers specifically the sand of the island and the magic of it. She says that she collapses onto the inflatable bed shoved into the corner of her special room and stares up at the ceiling where the curling graffiti has been done in blood. That would be the witch from Edinburgh said that only blood would do and it had to be hers. So she literally was carved up and her blood used to like make some of these markings in the room. Damn. Because her mom wants to save her. I feel bad. I feel so bad for her. Yeah. Like her mom or both. Yeah. And so every darling woman, mm-hmm. is that like, because darling's their last name, right? Mm-hmm. So everyone, every woman in this family. Yeah. So like her mom, her grandma, her great grandma, her great, great grandma, her great, 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 great grandma. Okay. They all like disappear and then come back and they're just like insane. Gotcha. Yeah. Her mom falls asleep and she sneaks out to use the restroom. She's not supposed to leave the room, but since her mom's asleep, she's like, I'm going to go. Um, she, piss girl. Yeah, piss girl. <laughs> she looks at herself in the mirror and doesn't recognize herself. This part makes me really sad 
She says, I don't recognize myself. It's like looking at a stranger. Some days I worry that if I reach out for my reflection, there will be nothing there. I'm starting to look like her. Carved, clean, exhausted. I don't want to be mad, and I'm just so fucking tired. My cardigan slips off the bone of my shoulder, and I I catch a glimpse of a puckered scar. One to match the runes drawn on the ceiling. I pull the collar back up. She hears a noise and rushes back to the room to check on her mom. Nothing's there, so she locks the door, and all of a sudden, thunder cracks, and the door swings open. He's arrived. Peter! It's Peter! (laughs) Her mom begs him not to take Winnie, and of course, that doesn't work. He says that we can do it the easy way or the hard way. I'll take the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He grabs her, snaps his fingers, and they disappear. We switch to Pan's POV. The first thing he notices is how hard it's becoming to jump through worlds. The second thing he notices is how fragile and sick this darling looks he climbs up to the treehouse to find vane and the twins their their names are cass and bash down the hallway he sets her down on her bed in her own room and they chain her to the bed he leaves to go to his tomb he can't see the sun we learn why later on too but it's important like he can't be out during the day he leaves the twins in vain with a warning do not touch the darling okay she wakes up in a daze. Um, she comes to her senses, and the first thing to come into focus is she recognizes the sound of seagulls and the ocean. And then she also notices Cass in Bash. She the cuties. Little twenties. We are introduced to Cass. He has the youth of a boy, but the presence of a man. Long black hair is tied into a bun at the back of his head. His gaze is knife-like, sharp, and glinting as he takes in the sight of me. His skin is the color of the bright side of the moon, and black tattoos run over his bare chest. All of the lines are precise and symmetrical on both sides of his body. They start at his neck and travel like a labyrinth over the rest of him, disappearing beneath the waistband of his ripped black jeans. He's a vision of dark virility. Since we're already here with descriptions, I'll go into Bash. She says it's like seeing a double, except this guy's dark hair is cut much shorter and fans over his head in waves. The tattoos are exactly the same, though, but this one's wearing a shirt. They give her water in a minute to get her bearings. She immediately notices these two boys are different than any other boy she's ever met. They want to know how much her mom has told her, and she says not very much. They tell her that they're the nice ones, pans mean, but the meanest of all is vain. Ah, that name. Vane. This one isn't as muscular as the twins, but there's something distinctly more sinister about him. The scar, the eyes. Three long, jagged scars cut his face in half, diagonally, from one temple to his jaw. It's changed his gaze. One eye is bright violet, the other pure black. Sexy. So sexy. She notices how her body starts reacting to Vane and not in a good way. She is fucking terrified. She starts sweating profusely. And then suddenly it's gone. And what she just felt is Vane's magic. Oh, uh, okay. Um, they remove her cuffs and bring her to the kitchen to feed her. While Bash is making pancakes, Cass is trying to make her feel comfortable. And then they have a secret twin conversation. And when they have their secret twin conversations, all you hear is like bells chiming. She eats the food that Bash preps her, and since she's so malnourished, she audibly groans, and Cass and Bash are... They get boners over it. They're like, that was sexy. Um, You like those pancakes? And I made a note that even Bane is getting aroused. Like, he has to, like, adjust himself. And then Cherry comes in. 
Fucking Cherry. What is Cherry? Who is Cherry? Some girl is set a friend with Rain. She's obsessed with him. Do you hate Cherry? I learned to hate Cherry, yes. Okay. Do Do you you hate Cherry? I feel bad for Cherry. I do feel bad for her until I hate her. Okay. (laughs) That's fair. That doesn't happen until the third book. Okay. For me. Spoiler! Spoiler! You're gonna hate that bitch. Yeah. Or you might not hate her. I don't know. We jump back to Winnie's POV. She can't remember the last time she had a meal cooked from scratch because her mom obviously can't provide that for her. Mm-hmm. Pan wakes up in his tomb and he feels like absolute shit because his shadow and his magic are gone. Why? I don't know. Well, don't find out. Does um, it fuck to get it back? Ooh. That would be good. <laughs> Me? Um, I also forgot to mention, Vane is the one that gets him out of his tomb. He's the only one with the key. Like, he has to be locked in there during the day. He asks Vane how Winnie's adjusting, and he tells Pan that she's prettier than the last one, but asks too many questions. She's too curious. Yeah. Then they go out to the beach where he is showing her, like, you can't fucking leave. You can't run away. Don't try me. This is an island. This is an island. <laughs> He returns her to the house and he finally gives her a bit of information on why she's there and why she is kidnapped. Finally. How oh, now? Let's find out. He says, here's what you need to know, darling. The darlings took something from me a very long time ago. They hid it and I want it back and you're going to help me find it. I don't need your permission to root around inside your head and I'm not asking for it. But cooperate and we'll all get what we want much sooner than if you don't. After he says this, this is also the first time she kind of gets to take a good look at him. The sleeves of his shirt are rolled up to his elbows, exposing black ink that covers both his arms and hands. The silver rings on his finger glint beneath the light as he holds his glass in a death grip. The tattoos are distracting and I'm grateful for it. It's difficult to look him straight in the face. When I look at him, my belly soars. There is something about him that is disarming, unnatural, haunting. Like a barren tree growing in the middle of a dark lake. Something that very rarely should be and yet is. Just the sight of it tells you a story. I am indestructible. It's like our hot. I picture like, I don't even know. Just a hot, ripped Peter Pan. Is he Peter Pan? He is Peter Pan. This is like the Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Maybe like a little Bill Skarsgård, Hemlock Grove. Okay. Just pure muscle. (laughs) (laughs) Before I continue, I just want to do like a little backstory for her. And I think it's kind of important. So flashback POV. She's 13 and her and her mom live in a shit rundown house with a prostitute as a neighbor. Winnie notices that Starla is rich and her body is her currency. She studies her neighbor for a whole summer. Quirks, mannerisms, how she speaks to men. She learns a lot by being a poor girl to a mentally broken mother. She starts using her body as currency to get meals, money, ride to school at 13 years old. Start doing what you got to. Yeah. And she's on taking care of herself. And now that we know that little bit of information, we get an understanding of how she uses her body to survive. And she sees the way that cast looks at her and decides time to use it to survive here. There you go. Yeah. So she calls him to the bedroom. Come. Hey. Help. We go to his POV, so the twins are always tasked to taking care of the darlings. He comes into the room when she calls and notices her crying, and he's a sweet guy. He immediately wants to make him feel better. 
she says that she's scared and she collapses against him. Oh. Against her. Against <laughs> his better judgment, he pulls her closer to comfort her. After a moment, he goes to leave, but she doesn't want to be alone. She's too scared. So he concedes and he shows her his magic. And he has the magic of illusion. So he paints the ceiling into a night sky with shimmering shades of black and blue with twinkly lights. She wonders how he can do magic like that and tells her he is what her world calls fairies. And she goes to say that she doesn't believe in them, but he says that. Don't you tell me that. You're going to kill me. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And she says, if you're a fairy, where are your wings? And he says he lost his wings and it's a long story. But in Neverland, they're called fae, not fairies. Men fairies, right? Are called fae or all fairies? All, all fairies. Yeah. Oh, all fairies, I think. So she tries to touch his dick. And she's like, I'm so sad. <laughs> she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I said that. Let me just, let me touch your wing. <laughs> and he gets up. And leaves because he can't touch her. Oh, but he's all jazzed up from it. So now he's got to go fuck something. He goes down to the bonfire and tells the girl, get on your knees. And then he proceeds to put his hands in her hair and make her blow him hard. It's going to happen. But back to Winnie POV, the chain from her bed is just long enough to get to the window. She watches. Now she's incredibly horny watching Casket and Dick suck. Bash bursts into the room demanding to know what she said to his brother to get him all formed up. He's like, I want it too. Bash is so mad he grabs her by the throat and reveals a nice piece of information. He says, you think we want you here. You think this is fun for us. Watching Pan slowly die right in front of our eyes, feeling the island revolt as if it wants to spit us out. Do you think we ask the darlings too? And then he cuts himself off because he knows he said too much. So we learned that Pan is dying. We also learned that she should have focused her efforts on Bash instead because after he's like, oh shit, I shouldn't have said that, he shifts his hips and has a boner. <gasps> she moans a little and he's choking her. She shifts her hips and his breath quickens. He tells her she's playing with fire, but she doesn't care. She's worked up over watching Cass get his dick sucked. So she grabs Bash's dick. He spins her around, rips her panties aside, and just shoves into her. Oh! <laughs> yeah! She's fucking bashed when a presence enters the room. Who could it be? And it's Pan. And he says they shouldn't stop on his account. So he sits down, proceeds to tell Bash to continue fucking her. Oh, spicy. We like this one. It's good, right? You don't have to read I can't see Pan, but I can feel his heavy gaze on my backside, and somehow that is the most erotic thing I've ever experienced. I like it more than I should. I might have fucked half the basketball team, but never at once. (laughs) (laughs) Bash finishes. She's throbbing wet and leaking cum. Pan tells him he needs to leave. He throws Winnie into the chair, and she opens her legs and proceeds to finger herself. He just watches her do this until he can't take it anymore and slides two fingers in. (laughs) She comes, but he's not done. Another highlight. Another one. Another one. Another one. (laughs) Pan pulls his fingers out of me and then shoves them into my mouth. My eyes pop open. I can taste the sweetness of my juices and the tang of cum. He says, clean them off. He then degrades her by calling her a filthy little darling whore not to fuck with them anymore and leaves her there wet and dirty in her chair. <gasps> Saucy. Saucy. 
Back to Winnie POV the next morning, Cherry brings her breakfast and they get to talking almost as if they're friends, but she's kind of using her trying to get information. Yes, Cherry's like oblivious. She's just like, what do you want to know? Let's be friends. (laughs) She's buttering her up and getting information from her. She learns Cherry is obsessed with Vane. And Cherry explains his shadow, the shadow of death. So that's part like, of his magic, too. Like, that's why you get so scared, because it's like death calling you. So you, like, try to run away. Cherry checks the door, leans in, and says there are more islands than Neverland. Seven islands, seven kings. Every island has two shadows, one for life and one for death. The king always claims a shadow. It's in his blood, having the ability to claim it. The king picks which one he wants. Pan picked a very long time ago, but when Pan lost his shadow, he lost the power, and now the island is suffering because of it. And I think Pan might be dying. So again, she learns not only is he dying, but he's the fucking king of Neverland. And he just fingered her ass. And made her lick it. Well, she got fingered by a king. (laughs) Get it, girl. Yeah. So a puzzle piece clicks in Winnie's brain, and she's like, oh, he thinks we took his shadow. That's why he takes us. But she's not sure. That's her theory. Yeah. Cherry also explains that the twins lost their wings by killing their own father. And that's how they ended up with Pan. We go to a bash POV and he tells Cass that he fucked the darling and she's slutty just the way he likes him. (laughs) Just the way I like him. Nasty slutty. Cherry finds the twins and asks if Winnie can go to the bonfire tonight. Cass casually mentions that their sister will be here tomorrow night to deal with the darling. And we meet her next character and he's not the most important, but he still needs to be included in the story. Mm-hmm. He's doesn't have a name. He's just called the Brownie. Brownie. I don't even know what it is. Does it say? Yeah, I was going to ask you. I don't know. I was picturing like a little, I don't know why, like Oompa Loompa almost. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's right, but I don't know. He doesn't yeah. ever describe him. No, it just says that they don't have a name. He's older than the island, but not older than Pan. He remembers what the island was like with Pan as a king and doesn't want to return to that monarchy. So to ensure it doesn't happen again, the brownie set a motion and plan with Tinkerbell a long time ago. And then he goes back to Tilly, which is the twin sister, to let her know that Pan has the darling. So their plan for this darling needs to happen sooner than later. We jump back to Winnie. Cass comes to unchain her and takes her to the bonfire, but something is troubling him. He apologizes for his brother's behavior last night and breaking the rules. And she says, I like sex, Cass. I'm not afraid of it. She looks at Cass and all she can think about is getting railed by him and the others. But before the bonfire, she needs to eat because they keep reminding her that she is skin and bones. She makes a joke about how she looks, to which she replies, stop pretending because the island has been pretending for far too long. She finds Bash in the kitchen and they flirt a little bit. He puts his finger in the batter and she sucks it off his finger. (laughs) So a little bit of flirting going on there where she's sucking batter off his finger. Um, Bane comes in, he puts his finger in the batter and then goes to put his finger in her mouth and proceeds to humiliate her by wiping it all over her mouth. What a dick. <laughs> yeah. 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 She's pissed, but she knows that's the reaction that he wants. So she licks her lips clean and pretends that she's okay with it. And it works. Thank you. Mm, delicious. And it works because now he's pissed off. So his when he's pissed, his violet eye turns black. He grabs her by the neck and slams her over the counter. She's scared, but also turned on. He tells her not to play that game with him because she wouldn't last 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs> she does try it. She says, all right, she tests the limits and shoves her ass back into him. And he puts his hand on her mound. 
mound. Is that supposed to be her vagina? You never heard mound? No. Yeah. Called a mound. I don't know. Like a little little mound. A little mound. Officer. Um. He starts to rub her clit, and she's like, "Ooh, yay!" And then he moves away, so she falls to the floor. Like <laughs> he's like stupid baby. <laughs> That's like I told you not to mess with me. Bash picks her up, and her panties are hella soaked. I don't have hella soaked in my notes too. <laughs> um, but she's not about to let him humiliate her. She stands her ground, and he walks away. <gasps> she got to him. Yeah. Uh-uh. Cherry shows up with fairy wine for the bonfire when he asks to try it. She knows the story, so she's gonna be careful not to get drunk. And the twins tell Cherry that they will meet them down at the bonfire in a little bit, but to take care of our darling when he likes the sound of that. She quickly learns at the bonfire that this is a place of debauchery. Some fucking random boy is has her, his hand on her thigh and slides it up, and she's okay with that. So then he pulls her onto his lap over his hard cock. Why? She knows he's no pan, bash, or cast, but she kisses him all the same. Okay, so now we're in Pan's POV. Because remember, he's in his tomb before the party. Okay. So Vane wakes Pan up to tell him that the darling is drunk at the party and sitting on the lap of one of the lost boys. Pan is super mad, and Vane asks him why he even cares. And Pan says he doesn't know, but as soon as the sun sets, he yanks the door open to go do some violence. Mm-hmm. Get on this lost boy. Boop, boop, boop. He sees Winnie sitting on the lost boy and is filled with rage. The boy tries to apologize to Pan because he didn't realize that the girl was a darling. But Pan grabs him and punches him through his chest. Rips his heart out. Yeah. Like, kills him? Yeah, like one punch magical. Jesus Christ. So the boy dies. So Winnie starts crying and he says, good. She needs to know. There are no white knights here, just monsters. And I am the worst one. So Pan drags Winnie away. Cass, Bash, and Vane follow. He lays into her about following the rules, and she said she doesn't care about the rules, and she doesn't know where his shadow is. Pan wants to know who told her about the shadow, but she won't tell. She's not a narc. Good. Winnie realizes she can use her sex appeal to get under his skin, too. She says, they call me Winnie whore. Fucking boys is what I do best. Pan spins her around and bends her over the table. He pulls her skirt up and her panties down. He spreads her legs. She's hella soaked. Hella <laughs> soaked. Oh, there it is. He says if she wants to act like a whore, he's going to treat her like a whore. <laughs> All of the other guys are just watching. He tells her to beg to come. She does. And he says, come for me while the lost boys watch. And he starts playing with her. They both finish, and Winnie thinks it's over. No, no. Bash gets behind her and says, little darling whore, such a filthy little mess. Cass goes to her front and starts fucking her mouth. And this is where Riley's going to read. She's just getting gangbanged. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Bash says as he pushes into me, wrap those pretty little lips around my brother's cock. Cass doesn't wait. Now that he's made his decision, he's ready to act on it. He takes the length of my hair, wraps it around his fist, and guides my mouth over his length. He fills me up as Bash starts pumping into me. Oh my god. (laughs) My heart races in my ears and thuds heavily in my chest. Cass fucks my mouth, roughly, hitting the back of my throat. I gasp, choking on him, and Bash tightens his grip on my hips. 
take it all, darling. Be a good girl. Holy shit. Fuck, this is hot. (laughs) Tears fill my eyes as the twins fill me up. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking me in both holes. (laughs) Relentlessly, mercilessly. And as they do, I catch sight of Peter Pan in the shadows, watching me get fucked with a look on his face that I think is satisfaction. Oh my god, that's dirty. Dirty, dirty. All the pepper. <laughs> so Pan is watching all of this and Winnie is really into that. Cass and Bash finish at the same time because they're twins. And she holds eye contact with Pan this whole time. Vane walks up at this point and flips her around to face him. Oh god damn. And he says, open up. <laughs> and he spits in her mouth and walks away. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Vane's footsteps come around the table. A shiver creeps down my spine as I sense him taking up the space behind me. Is he gonna fuck me too? Fill me with terror or come? <laughs> Do I want that? Somehow Vane giving in to me might be more of a victory than Pan giving in. Vane yanks me upright, turns me around. My ass presses against the edges of the table, digging into my flesh. There is no hint of emotion on Vane's cruelly gorgeous face, and it is impossible to read his thoughts in those mismatched eyes. Open up, darling, he orders. I don't know where this is going, but no one is stepping in, and curiosity gets the better of me. I part my lips. Vane gets in close and spits in my mouth. That's all you'll get from me. Such a sexy asshole. I know. So Vane leaves the room and Wendy, Wendy, Winnie starts wondering what the fuck is going on with her life right now. Cass and Bash take Winnie back to their room to shower and sleep. They talk to each other about how much they like fucking Winnie and (laughs) they're like, bro, (laughs) that she's somehow different than the other darlings. And now we switch to Pan's POV. He finds Vane and asks if he wants to go murder something, and Vane says yes. They go to the city of Darlington and find the Black Dove, which is a bar. They find two of Hook's men in the back. They walk up and start a fight with them, and they crack one's windpipe and snap the other one's arm. Like, his bone is sticking out of his arm skin. Yeah. Then we switch to Winnie's POV, and she's, she crawls into bed between Bash and Cass, and she's content and happy. Bash puts a cute little bracelet on her arm. She starts thinking of all the ways her mother failed her and caused her pain. They all cuddle and she falls asleep after Bash asks her what her favorite food is. It's croissants. <laughs> Such a random food. Think of my food. Croissants. Croissants. Hey, made me drop my croissant. <laughs> when she wakes up the next morning, Bash made her croissants for breakfast. Oh, oh that's so nice. So nice. She starts crying and says, thank you. He says, it's just repayment for the pussy she gave him. Yeah, it was so cute until he said that. Thanks for the pussy. (laughs) She starts to think about the gangbang and how she wants to do it again. Mm -hmm. She asks him why Pan sleeps in a tomb and he tells her that um, Pan would die in the sun, but won't elaborate. Cass walks in shirtless and hot. 
He was fishing and they decided to teach Winnie how to clean a fish. They're having a good time asking each other questions and the twins tell her that they murder a lot of people and there's bodies under the house. They say, if you aren't the monster, you're the prey. They tell her that they were fae princes who were banished for killing their father, but they won't tell her why they killed him. We find out that their sister Tilly is coming to see Winnie tonight. After cleaning the fish, Winnie is exploring the loft and finds Bane. He's reading Frankenstein. She starts annoying him with questions and he's getting annoyed, which makes her horny. <laughs> She's like, I don't like me. <laughs> I love it. Like, you want <laughs> She climbs in his lap. She takes off her top and feels him get hard under her. He calls her a pretty little darling whore and he bites her nipple and starts rocking her into him. They're grinding and she reaches down to unbutton his pants. He tells her to look at him and he uses his power to scare her and pins her on the floor. He says, you do not want to fuck with me. And she says, I want to be fucked by you. (laughs) (laughs) He slaps her tit and says, no. (laughs) Picturing a little. (laughs) (laughs) She begs and he denies her. He leaves the room and she gets dressed and is super mad. It makes her want him more. Which I feel like if, if it was reversed, it would be like a lot of her. Yeah. But, you know, Pan finds her sitting in the library and they say hi, but Pan is thinking about how bad he wants to fuck her. Fuck her. <laughs> he says he wants to prepare her for tonight. They're going to search her memories for anything to do with his lost shadow. So that's why Bash and Cass's sister's coming. She's the one that does that? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. She asks if there's a way to get the memories without going insane like everyone before her, but Pan doesn't know. She starts crying and Pan takes her on a walk. She tells Pan how she got her scars from the people her mom hired. So they arrive at the lagoon and he shows her the spirits that swim under the water. I guess it's like really beautiful. Pan tells her the lagoon can be healing and that he brought her mom here once to try and help her. They walk back and Winnie realizes that she loves the island. Winnie begs for them not to let Tilly in her head, but they tell her that she's probably strong enough to not go insane. Bash tells her that the bracelet that he gave her has protection magic. Oh, yeah. Tilly arrives. Tilly. Freaking Tilly. I already know we don't like you. She has wings, large gossamer wings that arch from her back and flutter slowly beneath the light of the glowing lanterns. And when they catch the right lighting, they shimmer like the inside of an abalone shell. Her dark hair is braided into several braids that are woven in and around a delicate golden crown where a single stone glitters in the center. She has the twins' high, sharp cheekbones and thin, straight nose, but her face is heart-shaped where theirs is more angular. Turning her gaze on me, I notice her irises are the same shimmery, shifting color of her wings. She's magnificent. Winnie notices that there's something amiss between Tilly and Pan. She's polite to each of them, and Tilly tells Winnie to take a seat and puts her hands on Winnie's head and says, let's begin. Getting right into it. I would be fucking terrified. Yeah, I'd be like, wait, I need a minute. Can you talk me through this? (laughs) Bright white light glows beneath her hands, and Winnie's face contorts with pain. Tilly is digging around in her memories. Tilly's fingers turn into claws. And then guess who leaps in to stop it? Pat. No. No. Brownie. No. (laughs) It's Pat. No, it's Pat. Yeah. Winnie is trying to push through the pain because she wants to help Pan, but everything goes dark and she collapses in Vane's arms. Tilly says that she wasn't done, but Vane says no more. And Vane carries Winnie into his room and locks them in. (gasps) Vane. Mm-hmm. He holds her in his bed and she feels safe. 
She asks why he helped her, and he says he's sick of girls like her being broken for no reason. Oh, She falls asleep. Is Vane sweet? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> sweet little Petey. When he's dreaming and she's in a room that she doesn't recognize in her dream, her great-grandma Wendy's trunk is there and there's a woman she doesn't recognize. There's a secret drawer in the trunk and the woman puts a smaller box in it and closes it. This is uh, a chest that they have at their house. So she's seen this before. The trunk. Okay. Yeah. A secret drawer. Just a trunk. A woman with gossamer wings is behind her and says... He can never have it back. She looks kind of like Tilly. The winged woman puts her hand on the other woman's head. There's a bright light and she collapses dead. And the woman says, and he'll certainly never have his darling. And then Winnie says in the dream, she sees a small child watching from the closet. She wakes up and she's alone. She finds Cass and Bash and asks where Pan is. He's in his tomb. So she leaves to find the tomb and runs into Vane. Since Vane has the tomb key, he won't give it to her. And he says if Winnie wants to wake Pan in the daytime, he might kill her. She doesn't care, so he brings her to the tomb. There's a giant four-poster bed in the tomb, and it's empty. She sees him, like, lurking in the shadows and asks him who has wings, glowing skin, and looks like Tilly. It's someone named Tinkerbell. (gasps) Yeah. (laughs) Not Tilly. Tinkerbell. That's her mom. Yeah, that's... Oh, that's Tilly's mom? Mm Mm-hmm. Tilly and the twins. Oh, okay, okay. So Pan tells her that he killed Tink because Tink conspired with one of the Lost Boys and someone called Toodles to steal the shadow. She was in love with Pan and hated all of the darlings because Pan was in love with the very first darling. Because Tinkerbell killed the first darling, Pan killed Tink. With them dead, he couldn't find the shadow. So Winnie tells Pan that she thinks the shadow might be in the trunk that's at her house. They all decide to leave to go to Winnie's house by jumping off the Marooner's Rock. So if you believe that it'll happen and you jump off the Marooner's Rock, you can um, transport realms. So Winnie, Pan, Vane, Cass, and Bash all go. Pan tells her that she can stay when they get her back and Winnie's sad. Yeah. She jumps off Marooner's Rock and lands in a pond by her house. So they go to her house. The trunk is in the living room, but there's a man there with her mom. It's the brownie and seven other brownies. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know what a brownie is. How's your mom? So he wants to take the shadow and give it to the twins for some reason. A fight starts breaking out and Winnie runs to her mom. She asks about the secret compartment, but her mom doesn't know about a secret compartment. She opens the trunk to check and there's no compartment. She tries again. She does like the same maneuver that the girl in her dream did, which is like a hit it till it works kind of thing. Uh, Okay. And the drawer pops open. There's a box inside. All the guys are fighting the brownies and Pan notices the twins talking in their secret twin language and worries that they're going to betray him. Cass asks the brownie if Tilly was actually trying to help Pan find his shadow or trying to hide it by wiping the darling's mind. He admits that that's correct because he killed Tinkerbell and then that's when Pan kills the very last brownie. Pan sees Winnie with the box and she tells him to take her back. She wants to go back to the island. Yeah, fuck yeah. I'm good too. The whole time Tilly's just sabotaging and making all the, the darlings go crazy by scrambling their brains. That's so fucked up. You'll be safer here. Her gaze hardens. Safer is not what I want. I have a sudden flash of bending her over the table. Pretty darling girl wants dark, vile things done to her. I would be lying if I said I didn't want that, too. I want her wet cunt wrapped around my cock. (laughs) 
So he agrees to take her back to the island. They bury the brownies in her yard before they leave. She's like, oh. I just want to know what the fucking brownies look like. Winnie says she feels like her mom's head is a little bit clearer. So she seems like maybe a little more coherent. Yeah. She says goodbye to her mom. She asks her mom to come with her to the island. But her mom's like, I'm good. I want to go there. (laughs) And that's when we get to the epilogue. So they're back in Neverland. And they open the box. And not one, but two shadows jump out. And that's the end. Oh, God. I can't wait for the next one. Do you want to do the next one? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah. So. Who's your rate them? Like, who's your number one? Number one. It's like a tie between Pan and Vane. Right. Because they're both, like, very, like, angry and... I'd probably say, like, Vane. Number one. Number one. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and Pan. Okay. Yep. Then Bash. Food. He's making the food. You like that? Yeah. Then Cass. Cass is just kind of there. Yeah. Okay. I think we're all on the same page. I think so. Yeah. Would you trade places with Winnie? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Sounds fun. It does sound fun. And how many red pepper emojis do you give this on a scale of zero to five? I'll give it a five. I know. This book's so good. This was my very first reverse harem that I ever read. Same. Was it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's good. And, And it's like spicy, but like not in a cringe uh-huh it's got like spine. a really good story yeah it does i like it we're invested Ooh, i like this one okay we'll do we'll do the next one see how we feel yeah i can't wait for you to hear the next one i know there's one scene in there that shelby's like dying for riley to read Ooh, i can't fucking wait Ooh. okay so next week we're gonna be telling riley all about glitch by brianna michaels and this covers salty I didn't mean to say salty. I meant to say spicy. <laughs> it's spicy. It's got some like mood lighting, some purple mood lighting with this little haughty guy on the front. He's got, you could see like his little V. Ooh. Ooh. And it says the only thing dirtier than her mind is his mouth. <laughs> and don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. But not your mom. Not your mom. And we'll see you later, you horny little rats.